Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Wonder Girl is hard to get. Dove is nesting with Robin, and Donna makes us Wonder Girl. Oh, and yeah, Aqualad lives, and then he dies. Ouch! At least we know why they call him Deathstroke. See what I did there? Anyway, the freaks come out at night. Ask Doctor Light. It's a good old fashioned flashback origin story as we talk DC Titans season two episode four Aqualad. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Oh, the buzz is beginning as we buzz along, talking some DC Titans. What's up, everybody? What up? up? How are we living? Yeah, what's up? How are you living? Yeah. What are we doing here right now? <laughs> hey, what? Ask you how are we living? All okay. three of us are here. Yay. I'm not going to get your SoundCloud. We're not hey, talking about I'm your mixtape right now. I'm living great. That's all it is. Well, I'm really interested in how the Titans were living as we are talking everything DC Titans Season 2, Episode 4, Aqualad, uh, with this wonderful panel of our own superheroes. All the way to the left, the team is in the building, the Just Us League. Jeff Williams, my yes. main man. What's up? We living good over here. Even though I asked you how you living, you're not living that great, I guess. What, 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 what was that? Nipple rings? No, Were we pulling said, nipple rings? Super, the superheroes. This, this is what superheroes do. Uh, what no. else? Superman does that. Yeah, I, I, mean, mean, I mean, kind of. And we don't really know if we like when he does that. But Jeff Williams, we do like it when you do whatever you. it is that you do. This, we still this don't is my know. Superhero gig. We still don't know, but we like it. <laughs> and of course, to his right, the queen of superheroes, Chauncey K. Robinson, is in the building. Thank you. I like the intro. Glad to be here. I, I I don't feel like you were. <laughs> They're glad to be here. Didn't give me Wait, the sense. Are you the judger of excitement? I feel <laughs> because that. Because I that feel point, like maybe I, I, I have my that. own. I'm, in, I'm excited on the inside right I'm now. I'm not the judger of excitement, but my main man, Ryan, who's in the booth right now, he is. And Ryan, what do you give that a call? I give that a... Slate. I give that a really good call. Oh my Thank gosh, you, Ryan, Ryan has been vetoed as <laughs> the judge of excitement. Right and now. of course, I am Tehran. <laughs> I will be hosting and paneling on this panel. And all of you at home as well, don't forget, we love each and every one of you in your comments below, so let us know what you are thinking as we are going into this episode, DC's Titans Season 2, Episode 4, Aqualad. Today's breakdown is going to include Titans five years ago, at least, Aqualad, Donna and Garth, wow, what was that? Dick and Don, what was that? Dr. Light, who? 
was that? Deathstroke, wow, that was it. Vengeance is a dangerous game. News and gossip, of course, we have a special segment. This week, we're going right with that. That wasn't very smart. The dumbest thing we saw, one of the characters do. And some predictions. We gotta get those predictions in. So far, we've been dead on. Is <laughs> Dead on. Nothing? Okay, let's go. Let's go all the way to the left. Jeff. What were your thoughts on this episode's? This episode, I, I actually really liked it. And for most most people that I've talked to, or most people that have watched me talk about shows that are like flashbacks, I don't really like flashback episodes because I feel like they're kind of waste. But I felt like for this one in particular, we learned a lot about Donna and about Dick and about like their relationships. Because seeing Dick with with Dove and everything, we didn't really see that much of it. We kind of heard about it and all this other stuff. So to see all of it and see the background and see the story and see the action that happened, I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah, um, I didn't like it very much. I thought it... Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, I just didn't think we needed a whole episode of a flashback. I I mean, we we only have so many episodes, and I feel like a whole thing on Dick and Dawn, that relationship is no longer there. I don't need to know the dynamics of that relationship. And I just, I mean... And I, I'm fine with knowing that Donna was like a kind of studious woman who was hard to get, but I think we could have gotten that in flashbacks too. I feel like I would have been better, I would have felt better if we had gone to the present with like Jason and everything going on and then like, I don't know, someone reminiscing about Aqualad. Then I think you're going to hate the next episode too because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to be a continuation of the flashback as we get to learn the origin story of Deathstroke and their <sighs> conflict. But that's just my opinion. I'll throw that out there in predictions. I, on the other hand, love the way this was on. I will say this, when it started off as a flashback five years ago, and then we got into... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And then the intro popped up. When we came back, I did not think that it was still five years ago. They could have given us a nod to that. They kind of discontinued it. But then we, of course, realized that it's still a flashback. The one thing that they did very wrong was made the flashback too good. Now, I don't want to see the new team. I don't really even care about the new team. I want to see the old team. I want to see the old team. I did also have a problem with uh, Dick and Don, but we're going to get into that when we break them down because that was a little awkward for me. Uh, Also... (laughs) The whole Donna and Aqualad, we get Aqualad, and then they take him. It's like, once we thought we were out, they pull us back in. They just took him from us within seconds. Why does Aqualad always gotta die? Let's get into that breakdown. Titans five years ago, what were your thoughts on that, seeing that group and the group's dynamics? I thought the group dynamic was really cool. I wasn't sold on the on the flashback because, like like you guys said, I didn't want it to be the whole episode, but the way they did it, the the chemistry kind of figuring out where they are today, it was it was cool to see. Especially with, even though you guys don't like it, I love that Dick and Don were like together, and then you can see... No, the- no, no. I didn't say I didn't like it. I said I felt some type of way about it, and I will discuss that very soon. <laughs> well, then I can't wait to hear Trust that Trust me. But I did like the dynamic of the group. I love um, seeing how they got to where they are, because we kind of figure out Donna doesn't really want to be a superhero, but then she's like, 
I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go back with my women and everything. It's like trying to figure out where she's at, and she's still juggling that. Yeah, she wants to go back to the mascara. Yeah, that's a place to be. <laughs> the mascara. How how did you feel, Chauncey? I thought, I mean, the dynamics of the group. I and I said it online. I, was, I just felt like it was a thing of like some college buddies who are living in a house and they're like interpersonal dynamics, and occasionally they fight crime and it was just kind of, I don't think that's dynamic I think we've seen that on so many other shows we've seen that on CW shows I, I actually like the the real core four of this series which is Gar Corey Rachel and Dick because they're, they're in different parts of themselves they're in different uh, stages of life and this one it's all this like you know these older people are all so hot and sexy and like somebody's dating somebody rebound love life and I'm like whatever <laughs> like what is it CW or DC Universe there you go. What? I guess you like love. Ouch. That hurt more than when Aqualad got killed by Deathstroke. Let me explain how I felt. First of all, you do realize that a flashback entire episode, which this was, means that we're just watching a show. So the first season that we got was also a flashback had we started somewhere else in the time. Time is not linear when it comes to shows. So getting a flashback origin allowed me to feel something more for this core team because they are going to be a continuation on the show whether you, Chauncey K. Robinson, like it or not. Now, getting to know that each of the characters and their dynamics, yes, it was a frat house. And yes, I love Corey and I love Gar and uh, Rachel. I love that, especially Corey, because it's like, oh, wow, we finally have a black friend. I get it. (laughs) But... That was the concept, is that this was the Teen Titans before we saw this new group. This is the Titans. This is the group which set the tone. This is the group that fell apart. This is the group that had their own issues. And here we see this dynamic that we did not see. We knew it existed, but we didn't actually see. So it gives us a tangible uh, visualization of what we think to know about the characters and it gives us a little bit more meaning. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed watching them. That frat boy feeling. They're in this house. They're young. They don't know what they're doing but they're doing it anyway. They're doing it with good hearts and then of course you get this little tension between uh, Aqualad and and Donna and you're like, what's gonna happen? And then they do it and then you're like oh (laughs) yeah, that's what's up Aqualad! And then she stood up and it's like so much and I felt like I was a part of the frat as well Mm. I enjoyed that and I can't wait to see what more happens seeing them five years ago uh, you didn't like the dynamic Jeff did you feel that there was any part of this dynamic that you weren't aware of before I didn't I guess I wasn't aware of like the relationship status for Donna Dick and Dove or no Dick Dove and Hawk there you go Hank yeah yeah Hank um I didn't know when they dated each other and like who was first and everything and kind of insinuated that they dated or Dove and Hank dated and then Dove and Dick dated and then she went back to Hank. And then Hank and Dick dated. We don't (laughs) really really know. At this point, I didn't really understand that. It was a lot. It was kind of confusing. So like that, I did. I liked seeing the relationship. I didn't like the explanation of yeah, she's like rebounding and then she's gonna go back and it's like. That's not... I actually love that. That was the one part of that I did love. Of course. Once of again, course you did, Chauncey. Of course I did. You just don't and like he, love. <laughs> I, what? I love love. I love Dick and Corey love. Okay. And that's what I ship. But more so... Chauncey, I, you're not Corey. Okay? I didn't say I love I Corey. know you I'm vicariously like, love Corey. I'm not Corey. trying to do a self-insert like, here. But what I'm saying is that I like the fact that he was very direct in saying, oh, well, right place, right time. You know, she needed a rebound. I mean, that, I think that was the most level-headed thing, you know, to say. And I 
I think that goes to their dynamic of what that relationship and why it's in the past. I will say my favorite in the whole episode was actually Hank. He was mm. so f- I think I actually like him as a character and I would prefer if sometimes we'd get that dynamic That's outside outside uh, of him and very Don. interesting. Hank was my least favorite really? character still, of the I episode. Was, like, I cannot fine. I thought he was the most I cannot like, enjoy him anymore after watching this what? episode. How? Why? <laughs> I cannot. I I I I will save this once again for, okay. the, for the I, Dick and Don. Yeah, I'll save it, but I'm, not even this episode. I've always felt that way about about Hank. I've never oh, really... that's because Hanks have beaten you up in your entire life. I can understand that. Ooh, Thank you, Ryan. Hank, the don't no smoke. Hank don't want no smoke. <laughs> Actually, Hank wants all the smoke. That's the thing about Hank. Hank wants all of the smoke. Hank was living his best life. It was like, after seeing, you know, last season, that whole thing with him and Don, he was living his best life. It was like, yeah, you're, you know, Messing with him, that's cool. I'm drinking my beer. I'm living my life. I'm still hot, you know. So what, let, let's let's jump into the Dick oh, and Don because it keeps coming up. Let's jump into the Dick and Don. So we're saying that Hank and Don dated, mm-hmm. and then they broke up, and then Dick and Don dated. Yes, and then Dick and Don break up, and then Hank and Don are dating. They get back together, yeah. Is this correct? Yes. Is Do we know the... they're dating right now? Or are they like, have they... They're very much together. No, I'm saying like, present. I didn't know if they were like married, engaged. Like, I didn't know what their relationship status was. Committed. At this... That's what I was. Okay, I yeah. feel that committed <laughs> is an appropriate term, yeah. except that Don is cheating on Hank with the nightlife and mm-hmm. with her feelings for Dick. Now, this is something mm-hmm. that I felt. Mm-hmm. I feel that Don, listen, Don is in love with Dick, mm. but loves Hank. No. I actually have to agree with that because the only... I don't know why they why else would they show their relationship like that. It, it was very it's a, it's endearing. A great, it's a great Don tease. was... I have not was seen Don be this tease, sweet with Hank. I have. I've seen her being very caring. Mm. But the lust that she Mm-mm. showed Dick, the, the endearment, the... the level of respect that she had for Dick when she when she sat on him when he was on the in the chair that that's more I've not seen this with Hank with Hank it's almost as if we have so much in common we're mm-hmm. both lost souls we work together as a team like you make damaged. more sense but Dick Dick could get that dick <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I think maybe there's some layer of truth to that, but this is the thing about Dick and Dawn. At the end of the day, Dick don't have those same feelings. You can't be in love by yourself. It's a two-person kind of room. I, I disagree. Can you can have, be you can, can be in love. Have, it doesn't she, have to be reciprocated. No, well, no, I actually disagree. I think I think she has a very strong love for Dick, and I think maybe it's, maybe it's stronger and more romantic than her love for Hank. Maybe she feels she has to take care of Hank more than Dick, but I think we saw in last season, and even this now, there's there's no residual feelings on Dick. Do you? And I, I, I disagree because every time Dick saw- enters a picture, Hank gets hella jealous. Mm-hmm. And now I know why. But- because I was always like, why is Hank so jealous? Like, he seems to be like so aggressive, so yeah. strong with Don. But Don, this is why when Dick has that, uh, let's not forget in season one, he has this false world that exists. Who is his wife? 
It's dawn. Mm. But, it is dawn. Okay, but you're, but <laughs> you see the dynamics that happened in that too, right? What happened was as things started they to had break, a baby. No, as oh, things okay. started to break down in that baby. episode, what happened was suddenly Hank shows up at the house and he's like, "What's Hank doing there?" And then he says to her, "I gotta go. This is Corey." And Dawn says, "Of course you do," because in reality, at the end of the day, who comes? Even if Dick and Dawn make sense, at the end of the day, for Dawn. What makes the most sense in terms of feelings is going to be Hank and what's going to make the most sense for Dick, as we saw in that dynamic, even in his dream world, he still chose to switch over. He's having an argument with Don. It's like, oh, my God, some other guys in my house. Oh, Corey's calling. I gotta, yeah, but I here's go. the thing. Uh, because in reality, day, his reality, his real reality, his real subconscious came through the forefront. In reality, black men don't cheat. Dick's cheat. Wow. <laughs> here's the thing. Let me get to the point black of the concept of... I'm not even going to get into this. <laughs> Who hurt you, Chauncey? Who hurt you? We're not so, starting that this let's, let's get into <laughs> Let's get into the concept of that. something. Don't, don't do that special. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan in the booth. Here, let's let's get into something that we you you brought up. First of all, do you believe in the concept of unconditional love? Not really. Okay, so that's already a strike. So the concept of <laughs> true love, which you said you believe in, is unconditional love, and that means it has no conditions, so it does not need to be reciprocated. So in my in my opinion, Don loves Dick, is mm-hmm. in love with Dick. Now, logical sense, which you brought up three times in your your statement three times you brought mm-hmm, up logical mm-hmm. sense I'm and not one of feelings you may continue logical <laughs> sense here's the problem love is an emotion it does not make sense it is illogical that is why it is not a thought and if she thinks about it hank makes sense but when she feels about it dick is the one and that is the is the conflict that i have finally seen this is why hank is always afraid to go back because he feels that if don is in the dick vicinity she's gonna get that robin he wasn't afraid at all last episode he was actually sitting there with dick and it was like the whole idea he even told don he was like he said you know i you know i missed this and he was telling her maybe this is what we need to do don was the one was like this isn't good for you we need to go for you because i need it on my own it's an ultimatum yeah what's up Jeff? When he was live that, your best life. He was he wasn't he talking wanted about, to stay. Yeah, but he wasn't talking about Dick. He was Dick's talk, there. If he's going I, to stay, Dick's going to be in the but, house. But he wants to be the superhero. He wants to put on a cape again. He wants to do that. He's talking about the feeling of helping people and being having a mission. Don needs more. Don went out at night. Don may need more. Don needs more. Hank, you want to talk about the reciprocation? Hank loves Don more than Don loves Hank, and Don loves Dick, and Dick is just trying to hit. I don't, I don't actually, I don't think that's actually the dynamic. I think what we're going to see with Dick, as we saw last season, he left her in the hospital. He straight up told mm. Hank, "You stay with her." He left that woman in the coma. Because that's his girl, but he knows. But he I'm, knows he I'm can get saying, her back. I guess what I'm saying yes. is one: I don't really care about Don's feelings. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, at the end of the day, she could be with Dick all she wants, and maybe her and Hank won't work out. But the idea idea is that Dick's not trying to be with Dawn and we've seen him yeah. not try to be with Dawn so it doesn't mean we, you can hey I mean I'm not going to disagree Listen, with you because I don't care whether or not when it comes to matchups Dick, it because goes, Dick's not trying to be with Dawn when and it comes right to matchups it goes Dick and Dawn uh, we're going to talk about Donna and Garth and of course Corey and Tehran that is just how it works <laughs> Corey and T- let's talk about Corey some don't want let's either. talk about some <laughs> when are you the judger of who wants what and wow. when Donna and Garth let's get into that conversation Jeff how did you feel about Donna and Garth I felt like she was playing too hard to get like I never really understood why she was so 
pushing back from. I know that she wanted she had to leave and go back, but they were raised together, so couldn't he go go there? Like I don't I never really understood what was the reasoning why she was pushing him back. Obviously they can both travel together and be together from what I understand, like unless I'm unless I'm missing something, I just didn't understand. Well, you're, why. you're making a very good point. Let's discuss the concept of of Garth to begin with. Let's yeah. discuss yeah. Aqualad as a character. Yeah. Chauncey, were you a fan? I liked him enough. I just felt like with this being our first intro to him, making it so that his plot line was so much about trying to win over Donna. I'm never a fan of like introducing a character just in the sense of love interest and I kind of feel like it's almost it was almost to me like emotional manipulation. It's like they built up this epic kind of we've been in love or I've loved you since we were a kid just so that when he did die it would maybe hit different for people and so I feel like when I am getting that kind of dynamic it doesn't engage me as much because it's kind of like you know what they're trying to do. I thought he was a fine enough character I also thought he was kind of like maybe a a little bit more mellow version of Hank in a way. And maybe mm-hmm. that's why, you know, he can't stay around because you can't have kind of two type of characters like that. But I I thought he was okay yeah. for what they used him for. He was used for, it was a plot device. I felt like he was a plot device. I'm on the same page and it kind of frustrated me going into the episode because it, it was always being talked about that there's going to be a flashback episode, and then obviously Aqualad wasn't there in the in the future um, in the present time, so you kind of get the inkling that he's going to die. They always insinuate it, so you go in watching this episode thinking this dude's going to got this dude is going to die. I'm supposed to feel a certain way when it happens. I'm like, all right, I knew this was going to happen. Like you can't you can't try to create a reaction when you know it's going to be a flashback and you know someone's going to die and you know all these things. It just it just didn't hit that well. It's interesting that both of you thought that. I enjoyed mm-hmm. Aqualad as a plot device. I saw him as that. Clearly, that's what his point was. The problems I had with Aqualad were simple things like, why is his hair not black? Why is he not Garth? Uh, oh, things wow. of that nature. That that was it. I enjoyed the character. He played his part. He played his role. We see what happened, which threw the whole thing into a tailspin. I'm sure we're going to get the continuation in the next episode and see what actually uh, transgressed in that way. We see how this team breaks up so aqualad do i appreciate him in this episode yes do i enjoy love plot devices yes i do (laughs) do i enjoy that this makes room for possibly having calder on that would be great to see calder join the team yeah i see a lot of things aqua aqualad was an interesting character uh Chauncey, you said he was like a lesser Hank. I actually had him as a Hank and a Jason combined. If Hank and a Jason had the temperament of Dick, that's who he would be. So... Yeah, I, I like it was a mixture of stuff. I guess Hank was like because they had the the closest like because they interacted a lot in that episode, so that was the closest. But yeah, exactly. I actually agree with you. Like he was a mixture of characters we already have, and when you have a jack of all trades and master of none, it's kind of like you don't need a character like that around. See, I didn't even think he was like either of them. I thought he was the odd one out because he was a more free going, just like having fun, drinking beers, trying to go after the girl, and that's like his main purpose. Everybody else is always brooding, angry, and they're just mad at each other. Like, Hank and Dick are just always trying to compete or mad or fighting for some reason. Uh, Aqualad is more lighthearted and everything. So I thought he was a great addition to the team and great, like, lightheartedness to that to that group because there were so many just brooding, angry people. So does well, this Hank mean? Happy. Does this mean that? Yeah, I mean, he was. Was he? Because <laughs> his yeah. girl was. Okay. So let's talk about. <laughs> 
since you both have this feeling about who Aqualad is, who Garth represented, mm-hmm. did you therefore dislike the Garth Donna saga? So was that something you wish was took off the table? Not taken off the table, just differently. I feel like it probably would have hit different if, say, they were already married when we saw them, rather than, oh, he's just chasing after her, and then right when they're about to get together, he dies. What about they're already married, and he dies, like, during that time or something? Then it was like, oh, maybe we understand why she's hurt, why she doesn't want to come back to the team, why she's so scarred and everything. It just just seemed like they're trying to force a lot into one episode, and having him being a childhood friend and then like finally realizing that she wants to be with him at the end of the episode, it just seemed like a lot. I think an easy way would just been to be married. Yeah, I think, um, well, one, if you look at the dynamic of, for once, it's the woman who has the um, the backstory of somebody. Because usually they do it reverse. It's usually the guy has a chip on his shoulder because someone killed the love of his life, the woman. So in this way, they kind of subverted that trope by making it so that Donna was the one that had a guy that she truly loved and he died. And that's why she's maybe the way she is and closed off. So I appreciated that for what it was. But I also think, once again, I thought just like, he as a character was somewhat of a plot device. I felt like their love story was something of a plot device. It was like they finally slept together. She, I don't even know why she was so guarded in a way. She was like, I have a destiny. I didn't care for those scenes where she was talking about Obviously, you haven't fame. watched Wonder Woman. She was also guarded. I think it's no, a thing. I actually when you're an I Amazon think, yeah. woman, I actually, probably guys <laughs> aren't on your list of the things that you think are necessary. When I say guarded, I, I think there are iterations of Wonder Woman where she's very like free loving you know she had girlfriends where she was from she had boyfriends she she it was one of those things like i'm living my life it's not so much i have a big love story it's like i'm living life my life the way they did donna was interesting like, <laughs> i feel like out of everyone you should understand the guarded donna but anyways uh, <laughs> i felt like with donna they had her in her room reading a book i'm like what is this dynamic but i actually don't reading think reading is that, fundamental but you, you with but some the, headphones on too but the right <laughs> but the book was kind of like this defense mechanism and i and i actually think that does doesn't come from the whole idea of her being Wonder Girl. I think that comes from the idea of maybe if they had dived into that a little bit more of losing her father when she was younger, of maybe not wanting to get close to people. And so seeing what she what she had with Garth being like, I don't want to get attached to somebody. Mm-hmm. I have a duty. I want to move on. I think that would have made more sense mm-hmm. than her playing into this whole thing of I have a duty to go to the island, you know, and maybe that was her defense mechanism. And she just didn't admit it. But I thought it was OK. I just didn't. I wasn't, I didn't think it was an epic love story. Well, let's ask the rest of our panel, everyone at home. I want to know, who are you shipping? Are we doing Dick and Don? Are we doing Donna and Garth, Aqualad? Are we doing Don and Hank? And fourth, Tehran and Corey. Let's are put that doing, up on did Twitter. Did you say Dick and Corey? Because that's uh, an option, guys. Tehran and Corey. Let's, wow. let's put that up on Twitter. If we can get Ryan right there and also in the comments below. Make sure to understand, like... Comment below, let us know, because of course all of you at home are, if not as much more so part of this panel than all of us. Thank you so much for watching and enjoying our show. You guys literally make us the ESPN of TV Talk. We wanted to thank you guys again for commenting, for watching, for subscribing. Just remember to subscribe. Put that thumbs up for the like. If you guys are listening, give us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you guys are listening. And just want to say thank you guys for watching, because we love watching the show and we love talking about the show and we love engaging with you guys. So just 
just continue doing that. And yeah, just want to add on to that, Jeff. Ooh, we ooh, uh, we had an iTunes review for you guys last week. Five star from Wiggly Jiggly Jiggles. He said it's like breathing in fresh air. Keep up the stellar job to all the panelists. Keep it up, y'all. Well, Wiggly Jiggly Jiggles, we appreciate <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Wiggly Jiggly Thank you. Jiggles. I his love name that is on so point. Much. <laughs> I love it so I feel much. like he made it that his name just so we'd say it. <laughs> Possibly, but that's the thing. We need a lot more of those. So give yes. us those five stars. And if you see us in the street, come say hi. We love talking about these things all the time. Uh, let's get into Dr. Light. So Arthur, we find this Arthur Light story. Dr. Light, ooh, a doctorate degree in physics from Caltech. Light manipulation. He gets in this accident and gets these powers. None of that ever happens to me. I stub my toe on the bed. I don't get stub powers, nothing. Jacob Finley. Uh, his 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 colleague from school has this activator, this activator that was developed for the U.S. military to take down nuclear missiles, and Dr. Light kills his friend and wants to get this activator, and then if he does, he'll become like a, a walking nuclear missile. What did we think of Dr. Light? I thought he was so boring. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not invested in him at all. Like, he came off, in the, like, when we first saw him, he came off as, like, the the joking guy with death stroke and everything like there was there i still haven't found a reason to be invested like why am i supposed to care about this character he's not the main villain he's just like the small fights it's like in a in a cw show it's like one of those um villains you find every other week let's not keep shitting week. on cw because no. we love those shows oh, I, I do i, I am saying, waiting for the flash <laughs> okay back. let's not Thank act you. like we don't we don't watch every single cw dc yeah. shows they have done that yeah. right yeah. in full transparency i auditioned with the flash show so i love that but i'm also going to talk about it so like I, that's how i felt about that though he comes off as one of those villains that just pop up and then continue going around. So Ryan in the booth is the Flash, just to let you guys Thank know. Thank you. If you can just <laughs> pop that up anytime you get that picture yes. image. Um, yes. Dr. Light, boring. Chauncey? I don't think he's boring. I think... The the most time that I enjoyed him actually was when he had that scene with Death Deathstroke because you saw that dynamic of him wanting to drink the beer. So in this episode, I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's the suit for one. Like I don't know, I don't know if it's translated well enough in live action that it just looks so. I can't, you can't, you almost can't can't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Of course you can. We took it seriously when Doctor Freeze wore it in the <laughs> Batman movie, except this is a dark version. Yeah, and it was just like Ooh, it's just so it's so clunky. <laughs> And I just, um, I wasn't feeling that. And I think he's just kind of like, I don't know, I, he hasn't gotten distinctive yet. And once again, like other people have said, like with Deathstroke, I just really enjoy his like psychological thing he goes on with. And I think it's, and I think because we're getting that dynamic, it's kind of hard to have this other thing with this, with this character kind of taking a little bit more space. Cause I think more of us want to dive into Deathstroke. He's just more of the interesting. Wow. I, I'm with Dr. Light. I think. Dr. Light, by the way, who is portrayed uh, by Michael Mosley. Dr. Light is the most sinister villain since Heath Ledger's Joker. Okay, but do you think that's translating well in the show so far? No, I don't even think that translates well in the comic book. I don't know why we have Dr. Light. I don't know why Dr. Light. Doctor, how is Dr. Light on screen more than Trigon? How did we get more Dr. Light than Trigon after the whole first season? So how is that even Dr. Light, if he shoots one more flashlight from his eye, we get it, bro. We like you. We like the whole Palpatine Star Wars thing that you do from your... Hold on. Let me turn the light on and get more power. Like, dog, Like, bro, why... 
do we need this? Why do we need this guy? Kill him already. How do we kill Aqualad and point. not this guy? I this think guy's that's the point. motorcycle, like he has like the, the the you know the thing motorcycle when you're about to do do that cross yeah. X game yeah. stuff. He has one of those with the light on. Listen, I enjoy. I enjoy. He's been on three episodes now. <laughs> we keep getting Doctor Light, and they don't make him sinister enough. I need Doctor Light to kill. I need him to like when he uses it. It just pops people's heads. Something. Mm-hmm. Give me something. Everyone else on the show is doing great. By the way, Deathstroke. I cannot wait for more Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Now that is where Sinister comes into play. Yeah, exactly. Like I love the whole psychological thing he's doing. And I was a little worried at first when I knew that he was going to be the main villain. I'm like, so is it just like the, the his skill set, like his actionable skill set set? But when we saw just the previous episode where he was saying, you know, the way you break these people down, you break them apart. I'm like, this is so this is so much more sinister now. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, now I can see why he's amazing major threat, this idea of putting people against each other. And I think it's going to play into the inner dynamics that we see in the present, like with Jason Todd and, you know, of of those kind of dynamics, which makes him kind of what Trigon was sort of supposed to be. And it kind of Who? only lasted. Oh, yes, that's right. The guy we saw for 4.2 like, seconds. And then he turned into a total, like, CGI monster. And then he just died. And- I like the CGI monster. I just didn't like that he died within three seconds yeah. of becoming the CGI but monster. I, felt, I thought they were going to do more mind stuff with him. And so I I'm happy if we dive more to into that with Deathstroke. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, once again, I do think the whole thing with Dr. Light is somewhat like, why are we having this guy so much? Well, Deathstroke seems to be a favorite, fan favorite as well. Jeff, is yes. Deathstroke your favorite? Yeah, I'm 100% on board with Deathstroke being our villain because I feel like there's we're invested. We're seeing more of his, we're seeing his family. We're seeing why he's doing it. We're seeing his background. And he's he doesn't even have to talk. Like, he's just doing his plan. He's just, like, being in the background. He'll say a couple words if needed, and they mean so much more. Compared to Dr. Light, he's talking a whole lot, and it's not meaning anything. He's, like, drinking beers, burping. So, I think... A lot of beer in this episode. (laughs) Like, I really think that he, Dr. Light, is even making us love um, Deathstroke even more. Just because of how much we dis, how much I dislike Doctor Light. I don't dislike yeah, Doctor Light. Say, I just I, find him I'm kind of myself. cartoony <laughs> and pointless. Yeah, but yeah, I don't dislike him, and it's of course not Michael Mosley's fault. It, mm. It's the plot of which his character is playing, and it's just yes. continuing. It's they're 100%. dragging out the Doctor Light storyline, and they're making it seem like it has this relevancy that I don't feel like it does. Now we get into the last scene. Vengeance is a dangerous game. The concept, and we see Dick approach who we saw in the beginning of the episode which was Jericho the the deaf son Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like the name deaf son I feel like that (laughs) would be his superhero name really because daredevil he's blind look what he could do maybe (laughs) deaf son it's like right on the (laughs) you don't know what deaf son's capable of Defcon. <laughs> Defcon 4. What if we gave Stop him a great... Stop trying to make Defcon happen. It's I not just think happen. it's great. I <laughs> In the comments, let us know. Defcon? Like, how you I doing? felt like, look, here's the thing. I grew up in Washington, D.C., and there was Gaudet, uh University right there where a lot of students went who were deaf. And so... They were like, uh, and it was just one of the coolest experiences. And I went to a couple parties that were all deaf parties. And I was like, yo, if someone's going to get a superhero power, it is one of them. It was amazing. So that's why death strokes. (laughs) Death stroke. I'm just saying I have, I have, we have names. So what do you think is going to happen with Jericho? 
I'm really interested with this storyline because we kind of we heard that, or at least we thought that um, Deathstroke killed Jericho, and in this scene, and at least towards the end of this episode, it's looking more like Dick is the one that's going to be killing Jericho. Because uh, you see Dove go, or Dove say, it's time to turn into full Batman. Yeah, much. at first she says, don't be Batman, and now and she's, then, like, and she's like, be Batman. Right, Another reason Batman. why she's not right for him. That, no, no, I agree with that. <laughs> well, I think the reason <laughs> she's not right, or not a... Uh, uh, here, we have too. to throw this out really quick. Yeah. <laughs> is the fact that they really didn't cry when Aqualab died. Like, none of them were bawling. All of them were kind of like... All right, well, this gives us a reason to do something we now. Clean that was the a couple house. tears, but yeah, it wasn't real. It wasn't real tear. Like I felt no. Like Aqualad's gone. Can I get his room? <laughs> well, I think wasn't he only with them for a couple of months too, right? He knew Donna yeah, since he months. was twelve. Knew Donna, but he was. I'm the just team saying, for a couple Donna months. should have cried. Mm-hmm. Donna should have cried. Clearly, he had uh, he had a connection with with Dick. There was a strong connection there. Hank and him had a rivalry. I mean, he was clearly one of the guys. If if look, let's be real. I've I've known you guys. I've known Chauncey for a little while, and Jeff. We've started doing a lot of shows. And if one of you guys died. I wouldn't cry either, but that's me. You're, you're a dick. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, but, the, but like other people. I, I actually Batman, didn't right? say like I didn't mean like you're a dick. I mean you're like dick. Yeah. <laughs> I I have you're some dick qualities, but that's the thing. So Jericho, what is going to happen with that kid? I think um, the way I see it is, I do think the way it might play out is the fact that. Um, maybe Deathstroke did have to kill him in some way, but I do think inadvertently it is going to be the Titans' fault. I think when I saw that dynamic of um, Dick going up to him, then his face changing, it was like you chose to bring this kid into this situation. So no matter what, from there, jump on, it's going to be his fault because Jericho was off doing his own thing. Clearly Dick sought and the team sought this kid out. So I think we, I mean, I've I had already concluded. I'm like, this this is their fault. Their death is probably going to be on on his death is going to be on their hands. Jeff, two things. One, I did. I like like I said earlier, I didn't understand why Dick was the one to find him and be that Batman role because it, it kind of insinuates that he's going after him in an evil way and kind of like taking him or doing whatever with him. It was a little. It was a yeah. little ruthless. Yeah. It was, it was, hey, you want this album? <laughs> oh, great! I'm your friend. Keep walking, little boy. <laughs> and two, yeah. you want some candy? The fact that they can figure out that Deathstroke has a son, why didn't they figure out that he has a daughter? Because they're just now, in present time, finding, finding out about Rose. So, well, the government then, tends to hide things, holes. like the concept that they made an evil Captain America. That's something they kind of hide. Yeah, but like this plot hole is like, oh, you know, there's one uh, sibling, like, there's not another. I, I just didn't like that. And that's, that's a, one of the first things that popped in my mind when I found out it was Jericho. Well, I felt like if they can do all that intel about finding his son, why can't they find him? I mean, that was my more... But that's why I'm saying it's more of a sinister plot. Mm-hmm. They clearly want to hurt this guy. And it's like, you took someone special from us, who we didn't cry over, but mm-hmm. you took someone special <laughs> from us, so now we have to go after your... We have yeah, to well, bring your son Chauncey, it's like flooding a car engine. You keep pumping the gas, the more it floods. But this is You my take your foot them. off the gas and wait. Oh, wait. No, that was what he his relationship <laughs> advice was. Here, Here's my thing. Uh, Chauncey, you bring up a really good point where it's as if the Titans are responsible for Jericho's death. There's a scene in a movie called Usual Suspects, mm. which is a great movie yes. starring the not so great right now Kevin Spacey, in which in which uh, Kaiser Sose is 
at one point his family is taken and accosted by people threatening to kill him. So what he does is kill his own family and then kills all of them. And first of all, it's one of my favorite scenes because I've always like, wow, that's gangster. Would love to do that. But second of all, I feel that that is, a, that is the Deathstroke way. And mm-hmm. that might be the way Jericho dies. But I'm sure we'll get into that in predictions. Let's talk some news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Coming into news and gossip each and every week, we on the panel have not been a fan of the Bruce Wayne that's coming out, this version in the DC Universe's Titans. Well, guess what? Neither are people, especially at Screen Rant. Uh, an article titled, Batman is really bad at hiding his identity <laughs> in DC Universe's Titans, is, is, is all over uh, Screen Rant right now. Matt Morrison breaks it down and explains Batman's paranoia regarding his secret identity as billionaire billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne is well known, even to those who don't regularly read comic books. However, in this universe, it seems that it's not a problem. And on fa- in fact, it has now become something that Everyone, it's contagious. The other characters, Dick Grayson, uh, Jason, they're not concerned about their secret identities either. They're not even covering their faces half the time. They're and here, Jason's getting on the news like, "Hey, it's Jason Todd. What's up? We're gonna kill everyone. What's up, bro?" So that's the whole thing. And then concerning that, we have this whole theory that DC's Titans, uh, that's not really Batman. So you're going to want to read a little bit mm. of this as it breaks down a great theory on how in Season 2, Episode 4, especially Aqualad, uh, that whole version of Dick Grayson lacks a similar sense of caution when it comes to his mentor's secret identity, and much, much more. So check it out on Screen Rant. It is titled, Batman is Really Bad at Hiding His Identity in DC Universe's Titans. So it's not just us, it's all of you at Screen Rant 2. Special segment time. Yes. Special segment. That wasn't very smart. We break Mm. down a scene in which some uh, character did something that wasn't really smart. Jeff. Uh, Mine was Dick dating Donna. And I said Don. Don. Yeah, yeah. Even though I feel like Dick. Don. (laughs) And Donna. Like Game of Thrones it up. Brother and sister, right? Yeah, Yeah, right. Dick Dick and Don don't have. Dick and Donna don't have any kind of sexual attention. Uh, They've never slept together. Yeah, have you seen Donna? Donna has sexual attention with everybody. And Dick is kind of cute, too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Dick is going on. The colors turn pinkish red for a reason. There's some love in there. But yeah, so like Dick dating Dove, I didn't like that because one. He literally said he was the rebound. Like I didn't, I just didn't understand. I feel like that was he stu- wanted to be the side in it. I like, I feel like that's a stupid situation to be in when you know you're working in a group with her boo or her ex boo, and you're her new boo, and it's just like. And Dick didn't up, care. Dick didn't care. <laughs> yeah, he he was, didn't care, but that she was, was all over him in front of Hank, and they were just cool about Dick it. Like, I would have had to fight you. Do we understand <laughs> like, that Tupac and Biggie are dead because of something like this? <laughs> no, like, they're dead because things, of fame. Uh, <laughs> that's why I. You fat mother. So nah, let's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's the best this of all time because of that word. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's just crazy to me. But go on. Yeah. So mine was Dick because I did not. I don't. I just don't understand why you would date her when you know her ex boo is in the same group. Because it's stupid. you know what it's going to cause. It's going to cause. You don't problems. know why he would date her. And she, she looks the way because she does she's it. Minka Kelly, bro. Yeah. Alright, I know why you did it, but like it was stupid to date her. Don't. Chauncey. 
Uh, my thing was Aqualad going after Donna. I think he should have let her go, and he probably wouldn't have got shot if that was the case. I mean, she even admits that. Like, he probably wouldn't mm. have gotten shot had he not. Because I, I don't know who Deathstroke was going after. Because did they even, like, reveal that? It's just like he got a paper. So I was either, I was kind of confused on that and whether or not it was Aqualad or whether it was Donna or the woman she was with. But I feel like even aside from the danger, it was kind of like, well, she just left you. She hit it and quit it, and she went. Like, you can brood, maybe give her a call if they have phones there, but and I feel like... the mascara? I don't think they have phones. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like, I just felt like that was... I mean, I thought that wasn't very smart on a variety of levels. I just think no! he kept putting himself out there to the point where almost I felt like it was a little pathetic. I, I don't want to, like, jump too far, but I feel like he would have... I felt like he was the target and that he would have died no matter where he was. So that's like when you said that he wouldn't have died if he was at the... Um, airport or whatever that's what I was like kind of confused I don't know I feel like like, next week we will find out out who the targets actually were I will say this the not so smart moment for me was when we had a no powered up Jacob Finley just taking a beating from Dr. Light and then was like standing up to him and then just got electrocuted like bro give him the activator and move on you know what I'm saying be like hey he was like talking back to him like Oh, I know what happened to you, but I'm cool with it. Like, you don't have any powers, my dude. <laughs> let's, let's let it go. Let's, uh, or, or don't give it to him. Just be like, give him a lie, something, because he got it anyway. So you got to figure that one out. You are this Einsteinian genius. Well, I don't think you calculated that one too, too well. Let's get into some predictions, ladies and gentlemen. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Jeff. Yes, I'm predicting present time because I don't want to deal with this uh, past time. So I'm I'm thinking that they're going to, I think Garf and Rachel are going to go off by themselves to try and get um, Robin. That I'm just one prediction very straight. I think those two are going to go off um, by themselves and not get Dick and all the other crew because they're already feeling separated. Yeah, I um well I guess I think that in terms of the past, I think it's gonna be revealed that Jericho, his death is on the Titans hands and that was why the disbandment happened. And I think I actually think that Stroke is going to sacrifice Dr. Light. I think he's setting up Dr. Light to be the fall guy. Not necessarily in getting caught, but like be the person that is like, you know what I mean? Like if two villains are working together, it's like, well, one of us, you're kind of here for me, but um, you're just, you're also part of the game here. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, we're not really a team. We're a team until I need you to get killed by one of them to like prove some sort of point. So I, do, I don't think Dr. Light is, uh, is long for this world chess because piece. of Deathstroke. Definitely a chess piece. And, I, and I, I, I predict that uh, the Dick and Corey uh, reunion <laughs> happening soon is going to be beautiful. <laughs> I predict that we're going to see a conflict happen between the Don, Dick, Hank saga. I think that Donna is going to be the one that pulls back. I also think we're going to get another episode of a flashback before we get back to the present time. And finally, I predict that Chauncey has been hurt. (laughs) So, where can people find you if you want to be found? Jeff Williams. Well, you guys can find me back right here next Sunday doing this app show, but Jeff Will, at Jeff Will underscore Jr. and all your social media platforms. You can find me on Rotten Tomatoes as I'm a verified Rotten Tomatoes film and TV critic and also on my self-named uh, YouTube channel where I review horror and dark fantasy films, Twisted Woman CKR. And you probably give people the worst ratings on Rotten Tomatoes each and every week, but you can find me on a bunch of 
after shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. As well as at I am Tehran all across the board on the social atmosphere. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all the like. And of course, we'll be back here next week talking more DC's Titans. Uh, episode 5 seems to be a good one. It is titled Deathstroke. Until then, bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 